want, just before we get kicked off, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who's listening to this podcast. Um, as you can see on Spotify, it's been a couple months since the last one. And honestly, life just gets in the way. I'm sure you've all experienced that between finishing up university and exams and prepping for summer plans. Some things just didn't happen as smoothly as I'd probably like. But have no fear, we're still doing podcasts. I'm still very excited to keep doing this. And I'm very glad to have you with me. So without further ado, the interview. I think we are ready. Well, off we go. Well, hello, hello. Welcome to the Honor Podcast, where I, your host, Nathan Epimolo, will be telling and listening to different stories in the hope that we can all start to see each other as more the same in God's eyes than different in our own. So today's very special guests are Adam Ireland and Helen Russell, who both work at Glasgow City Mission, which is a faith-based charity, a Christian-based charity here in Glasgow. Glasgow City Mission is the oldest charity, missional charity in the world. Um, and it's been serving Glasgow since 1826. Welcome to you both, Adam and Helen. So to kick us off, um, why don't you tell us both like what you do at the mission particularly, what's your jobs, what do you like, what do you do? And then also in your own words, describe what City Mission means to you and a brief history of what you've been doing. So Helen's nodded to me to go first. So, <laughs> uh, sort of introduce us both. Uh, we're both uh, project workers within a project team at our city centre project, um, which currently consists of around 10 to 12 individuals. I should know exactly how many, <laughs> changing a little bit in terms of staffing at the moment. Um, within that project team, Helen and myself have specific responsibility for caring and supporting our in, international guests. Um, so we work with uh, a large number of folks who are either in the asylum system in the UK or have been through the asylum system in the UK and are now refugees mm-hmm. and, or and also other uh, international guests um, so a lot of the EU nationals and others so it's an absolute privilege and we, we both love it. Helen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I echo those sentiments. Um, I think what I really enjoy um, about my job and I think we were we were laughing about this earlier is that there is no kind of set job description. Mm-hmm. Um, we respond to the needs of the guests that come through the doors. Um, so in some cases that can be crisis intervention in terms of issues with housing uh, or benefits. It can be to do um, with issues accessing um, services such as GP, uh, mental health services, things like that. So in that kind of case, it can be a lot of um, one-to-one work and a lot of advocacy. Uh, mm-hmm. And from that, relationships can really d- grow and develop. Um, you know, I've just come back from from visiting a family that I've been supporting uh, nearly the first week that I started uh, at Glasgow yeah. City Mission two two years ago. Um, so again, it's it's building that kind of one to one relationship, which is which is really valuable. Uh, but for a lot of the other guests that we work with, um, they come here seeking community and connection, yeah. uh, which is something that both Adam and I are really passionate about. Um, trying to provide for people and um, so pre-COVID that would have been through things like our internationals brunch followed by ESOL classes yeah. uh, but also through you know exploring the city with our new Glaswegian explorer group um, or through women's group or through um, new Glaswegians bible study 
um, all of which are just really good, um, I guess, ways of, of encouraging kind of peer support and community yeah. um, within our international community, but also giving us a real opportunity to get to know people uh, in a deeper way. That's amazing. It, it really sounds like that, as I can glean from that, that really the, the central tenet of your role for both of you is support. And that can come in a myriad of different ways, as you said, whether it's advocacy, whether it be as simple things as getting people used to the city. I thought before, and I think it's been reported on before, of how most recent sort of changes to asylum and refugees, lots of refugees maybe enter through southeast England or towards London or wherever, and they're kind of sent to different cities across the UK, of which Glasgow is one, and Glasgow does receive quite a number of those seeking asylum. Um, and obviously, even whilst they're waiting for paperwork to be processed to receive appointments, all these sorts of things, they're just in a city they've never been in before, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what's what, who to get to know, where to go. And so even I can really see personally how just the sort of taking them around the city, showing them places nearby to them, engaging them with um, all that Glasgow has to offer. And it's, and it's friendly, friendly group of people that we call home in this city is really important. So that, that's really cool. Um, and it's nice to hear that because I volunteer at City Mission as well. And it's certainly something that I see firsthand in the work that's happening there. Mm-hmm. So so what I want to do now is move on. It's a bit of a Q&A. So basically I've been thinking on charities and missions and what they do and what they are. Mm-hmm. And I've been asking some friends too, um, through social media and in person, what they what they want to ask about charity work, what that sort of includes. So I feel like I'll, I'll just work through them and you can speak for as little or as long as you'd like. But the first one here is what aspects of charity work do you wish more people knew about, understood? Do you think there's any misconceptions? Can I answer that one? Is that okay? Oh yeah, yeah, jump right in. Um, I was just going to say that sometimes I think there's a real uh, misunderstanding about the benefactor-beneficiary relationship. Okay. Uh, what we're all about here at Glasgow City Mission is really trying to empower people and, and provide opportunities for them to um, to be able to help themselves, I guess, is the most important thing. Um, I think sometimes that whenever people hear the word charity, they can think that it can be quite um, patronizing or mm. a little bit condescending or something that is done to you. Yeah. Um, what we really want to do um, is to facilitate opportunities for people um, yeah to do things to do things for themselves which is why you know the opportunities to get to know the city is so important to get to know um processes and the nuances of what life is like in the uk um is really important and to enable the guests certainly that adam and i work with to to really thrive and flourish in the city and to live full lives where they're not reliant upon us um that's one thing that i think as a whole in glasgow city mission we're really against um i guess dependency Mm. on us and on our services yeah and certainly creating dependency for dependency is not something that's uh, required and, mm. and ultimately beneficial for somebody so uh, entirely echo what what helen has to say there and one of my colleagues i think has described it um to me and helped me understand it as as being a process where you know so, sometimes our guests do not need support yeah uh, and but there will be certain activities or certain tasks or certain periods in our lives mm-hmm. in, in all our lives I suppose but um, specifically thinking just now about the lives of our guests where 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 they need help and we need help carrying mm-hmm. 
the particular burden of the task that mm. um, that we need to do and and so we i suppose love to to join folks and, and carry that that burden uh, for somebody at that time when when they can't carry that burden mm -hmm. for themselves but but mm -hmm. really what we what we want and what we aim for is folks to be released and to be supported and to be encouraged to to carry those burdens themselves and um, there's a whole myriad different ways why uh, why there are those those times in our lives when when we can't physically carry those burdens mm. ourselves yeah. um and and it's it's uh, our our job is not to judge people mm -hmm. for why they need uh, that support at any particular time um but yeah um but to actually to love the individual in mm -hmm. front of us mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's, that's really really good to hear i think there can be little aspects of that whether it's when you're volunteering or probably not even when you're necessarily at the mission i know for me sometimes it's just when you're in the street you see street advocacy you see like if everyone is you know if you're in glasgow everyone's gone up salt hill street and some seen someone offering charitable support or you, you always see that in the streets and that's fine and it's really good but i think certainly like the the conscious or unconscious bias is there sometimes when you see people in the street whether they look like they've been rough sleeping if they look a bit unkempt if whatever it may be and there's a certain assumption that you make in your mind of oh well they're going they're going to receive something they're going to get something from this organization or this charity or this mission and there's i think there's a certain bit of i don't think most people would like to admit it to themselves but there's a certain sense of maybe pity maybe a bit of i don't know and then an inward condescension of that situation or of that lifestyle or isn't it a shame that they're in this position sort of thing and I think it's really really important that's why I always liked that we refer to people that use city mission services as guests because there's a real respect and grace and their humanity for that. Yeah I think dignity is a big part of what we try to do here at Glasgow City Mission I think that's why the building you know we take real pride in the way that the building looks because we want mm -hmm. our guests to feel welcome and valued um, in the space um, it's why we went to a, you know a table service in the evening drop-in um, mm. it's a meal and it can be shared and there's time spent with people because time is one of the biggest things and as you know Adam and I are running around like headless chickens a lot of the time but <laughs> a lot of the time it is just <laughs> being able to devote that time um, to the people that you work with to make sure that they know that they are that they are of value um, mm -hmm. so dignity dignity really is central yeah, I think it's a, it's a really good way to slowly move us to the next question, because I think it would be very easy for people to think that in order to donate per se, I think even when you say donate, I think the immediate thought is financial or material donation. And I think that is great and that is important and needed, as we'll get on to, but I think there is a real underestimation of what it means to donate your time. Mm -hmm. yeah. Time is the one thing that the vast majority of people have irrespective of their other circumstances. Mm. I think when you choose to just share that and to donate, donate that, so to speak, um, to people who could really do with it, like, I think it's, it's something I don't think enough about because I think charities sometimes have a focus on the financial aspect of donating, which mm. is, again, important. I think sometimes the prevalence of donating your time is less spoken about. So that's really good to hear. Mm -hmm. Moving on to the, the second question here, how would you 
say, I guess, at least in a city mission context of how charitable donations are used in a day-to-day -day sense. Mm. Like, if someone, if someone is to donate, I don't know, 50 pounds, 20 pounds, like, do you think that in the course of your day-to-day -day jobs that you see where that money goes and what it gets used on? I would say definitely. I mean, if you look at the back of the, the Glasgow City Mission van, um, there's a little appeal that you can text money into and it, it talks about actually providing a hot meal for someone um mm -hmm. which is what we get to see and like i don't know about adam but i've been thrilled that you know we're we're open downstairs again for evening drop-in and yes the hours have been curtailed but actually um having that space where people can come here for breakfast lunch and dinner which is um just so important and a real lifeline um mm -hmm. community wise as well as um you know sustenance wise has been has been really important um but again i guess it comes back to uh, our kind of job description in, in some ways as well, in terms of the, the kind of support that we're able to offer people because actually those evening meals are only a very small part um, of what we do as a yeah. project team and being able to support people um, and I'm sure Adam would like to speak and do a little bit more about that. Well yeah I think we're I kind of think of ourselves as being like a, a, a storehouse in mm -hmm. a way um, we in so many ways, my my job and our roles here feels like this amazing privilege where we see a huge body of people contributing mm -hmm. uh, and and you know filling this this storehouse and um, that we have this then duty and and privilege of of distributing uh, in different ways mm -hmm. um, and and we see it in really really obvious tangible ways. Uh, in ways like Helen's described in terms of serving somebody a meal um, or you know helping somebody when they're moving into their new accommodation uh, after a period of homelessness um, with with really tangible physical things but um, I guess I guess also in resourcing mm. uh, resourcing us as staff and, and resourcing our volunteers um, in order to be able to to do different advocacy and support work with mm -hmm. people, but yeah, I, I really do, I really do feel like it's that uh, we we're recipients, <laughs> yeah. and we have this amazing privilege of mm -hmm. of of trying to figure out how best to distribute that in a in a dignified way mm -hmm. um, for uh, for the folks that we work with, mm -hmm. um, who are amazing beautiful resilient people themselves, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. that, that's the other the other. Thing when mm. Helen mentions dignity and when we uh, when we, we talk about the folks we work with, so so many of our folks are just yeah incredibly resilient and and it's just that you know maybe there's there's this short period in people's lives sometimes where um, where there's a need for actually yeah. I, I need a little bit of support at mm. this moment. Mm -hmm. mm. I think it's being able to bless people as well, you know, yeah. um, to go a little bit beyond maybe what they would expect and yeah. um, you know we were thinking about sort of at Christmas time and I know that through the Child and Family Centre they're able to richly bless the families that they work with in terms of you know help with Christmas presents and I know yeah. that Margaret does an amazing job there you know uh, trying to source turkeys for people and um, and just see things that that become really special I know she was doing um, crackers at one stage as well something that would make Christmas really special for a family yeah. that we wouldn't even really think about. So um, that's the kind of thing that I think sometimes it, rich, richly, richly blessed and generous. I think sometimes is that. Yeah, yeah, and we too. really do see the generosity of the folks of, of Glasgow and beyond. Mm. Um, like it's it's incredible. Absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it is. It brings a smile to think about 
all the ways. And I know, I know I've, I've asked you guys to share a story or two a bit later, and I'm sure we'll get to it, but the sense of blessing, of mm-hmm. really accepting, like, I see what you mean more clearly now, Adam, as a storehouse, and that people donate, whether it's time, money, things, whatever, um, resources, skill sets, to the mission, to the charity. And I guess the job is to prayerfully steward all of those resources so that they they are output so to speak as blessings upon the guests that need them and not even if they need them just to bless them in a really joyful generous sense um, and I think it's important that that is that is remembered in temper of what you said at the start about the dignity and also it's not just about giving things to people but teaching them how to go and do these things you know the dignity comes in I guess so to speak not just giving a man a fish but teaching him to fish but that doesn't mean that it's, that flies in the face of the genuine joy and blessing that it is just to be generous sure. to do that with a happy heart so that's, that's all really really cool I guess there's maybe you've probably answered part of this question already I'll put it to you anyway in case there's anything to add but how would you say that your faith impacts the work that you do at City Mission? Do you think, how does it translate into the care that you give to the guests? I think um, in many ways, our faith feels like the, feels like the thing that, that binds us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels like the thing that drives and sustains us on a, on a, a daily basis and even a minute by minute, hour by hour basis. Mm-hmm. I think um, in many ways, the, the city mission feels like a family to me yeah. it feels like um so much more than than a, than a workplace so much more than a charity um it, it helps me mm-hmm. <laughs> i think i think i have been helped more by glasgow city mission more than i have helped any single person who i have worked mm-hmm. to support uh, mm-hmm. in my four years plus here um because because the being in in the environment of this place being in the the team here and sharing our faith and our lives together on a daily basis praying for one another praying mm. for our guests um supporting and encouraging one another interacting around uh the the words of uh of the bible together and how that just mm-hmm. nourishes and sustains us all all of that just um actually sustains me uh, mm-hmm. and it's, it's the heartbeat of this place i think and, mm-hmm. and the the lives of our our volunteers as well and just seeing um and hearing the different stories of of our volunteers and guests mm-hmm. who yeah. uh, who who are relying on god on a daily basis is mm-hmm. um it's just amazing and it thrills me mm-hmm. <laughs> that's amazing it's amazing helen would you like to add anything I was just going to say, I think, um, I think the fact that we're a faith-based organisation in the city does set us apart a little bit. I think that mm-hmm. we are able to offer um, an arms open um, approach. We don't keep people at an arm's length. We invest in people. We invest our time. We invest our resources. We we truly believe that um, that we are not here by accident doing this job, and that you know. God sustains us in the work that we do um, but it is amazing to see the way that God works in the lives of the guests that we work with uh, to see transformation in people's lives to see um, yeah just people grow um, and flourish and blossom 
Uh, but I think one of the things that thrills me the most is to see people, especially through our New Glaswegians Bible study, uh, really sort of um, go deeper um, mm -hmm. in what it, what it means to be um, a child of God and, and what their knowledge and understanding is of their faith. Um, and also to see them share with that with other people as well. And uh, I think we spoke a little bit about peer support earlier, but that's been one of the biggest encouragements for me is actually that that time of seeing people pray for each other and ask okay. each other the next week, hi, hi, is that thing that we prayed for last week? Is there any progress there? Yeah. Um, and actually, you know, yes, we hold people at some of the most vulnerable times in their lives, but I think the real thrill for me is seeing other people hold other people. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of peer support, that's a huge encouragement for me. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I love I love that sense of peer support. And I don't want to say accountability, we've too strong a lean on it, but there is that sense of checking in. Mm. And obviously the three of us worked together at what this time last year for the summer with the exercise classes yeah. in Glasgow Green. I, I found that that was that was amazing to take part in because that sense of yeah, the exercises were nice. And honestly, there, there is a part of me, not, not fully dictator style, but there was some fun in just telling folk to drop and give you like 30 push-ups, just <laughs> set, set after set after. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, what that says about you, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> I was here to get people healthy and into shape. That's all I was there for. for some fun music and some good chat. But no, I really enjoyed getting to know each of the guys that came along mm. and you're right, that sort of checking in, like see, seeing their lives as it started when we first met them. And then every week after checking in on them, sharing whether it's some orange juice or apples, or I remember when you brought um, 15s as well, Helen, and we all just, like the exercise is fun, it's the event by which our coming together was centered, but the sort of the relationships that are being built through that, the, the genuine joy and intrigue at learning at how other people live, and learning what's brought them to the UK, what's what's been going on in their lives day to day, and following that along and really seeing that journey and that growth and the joy. And even when things haven't been good, we've not heard from someone for a while, and that can be really, really hard. You know, we've seen people with bright smiles come through the mission and we see them and things have happened. We've not seen them for a few weeks. They've come back, they've checked in. But that sort of ongoing relationship is really, really key and I think it's great that there's there's never quite a sense of of being done with receiving help you may need less help you may need no help even but the relationship remains and I just you know it's great that there's that the mission functions as that sort of bastion of community and of relationship within all of that and support for when it's needed to mm -hmm. um, yeah and um, moving on from that I'd wonder as I said before, if you if you guys might have a short story or, of course, change names if, that, if that's appropriate of a guest or guests that you guys have worked with, that's just been just a real blessing to all parties. I will share if that's okay. I'd and love that. Going to be about the the lady who I've just I've just come from. Um, so it was actually Adam um, who first interacted with her. I was on my radio training program. And this lady arrived at our door at Glasgow City Mission um, with four small children in tow. And um, I spent some time working with her um, and Glasgow City Council to ensure that the family could, um, could get into accommodation. And this woman is a woman of faith. This woman is a woman who's been through uh, quite extreme trauma. And um, mm. who, uh, who puts God at the centre 
of everything that she does, in, including raising um, her family. Um, so this woman works really hard. Um, she's got an amazing work ethic. Uh, really isn't very comfortable at all with receiving any kind of benefits, but gratefully receives them um, as it is. Um, she um, has been an absolute warrior when it comes to prayer um, and praying for others and involving other people in prayer to the point where actually the police were called to her house for a domestic disturbance that was actually her praying oh my gosh. <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night, uh, something which I continue to tease her about on a regular basis. <laughs> But she, um, she's become involved in different aspects of, of the activities and uh, community that Adam and I um, try to offer here at Glasgow City Mission, including our New Glaswegians Bible study. Um, ESOL has been a big one for her as well. Um, and also the, the women's <coughs> group. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's just been a thrill to see her uh, start life in our community here at Glasgow City Mission, feeling probably at her most vulnerable. Um, at sea with kind of nowhere nowhere to go and no kind of set future to see the way that God has worked in her life um, to get to a stage now where she's a, she's in a, a lot more stable um, kind of situation. It's still yeah. not perfect, but it's, it's more stable. Uh, and to see her really engage with us here at Glasgow City Mission and get mm-hmm. fully involved with, um, with our community here. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's, it's, it's those sort of stories those relationships that are so Mm. I think this is kind of alluding to what you said earlier Adam about receiving as much from the mission as is more from the mission than you put in because stories and stories but lives like that that are so touched by the work that's going on and I don't think I don't think the guests realize how touching they are and the experiences that they offer up and their vulnerability and their honesty with how they talk about life, how they talk about the things they've gone through and how how willing they are to both accept that help would be good and that they're happy to receive that support. But it sometimes makes me want to tell them, like, I hope you realise how much you are supporting others, Mm -hmm. supporting us. Like, you know, there's such a, a blessing that comes from sharing in life like that with people. It's really nice that that's, that's felt on both ends. And it's certainly next time I'm in, it makes me want to just go and tell them that. Mm. It's like, I hope you guys know what your lives stand as testament to mm. and the character that you show and the joy that you bring. Mm. Like, I imagine that for some of them, they're, they're, they're leaving quite traumatic events almost at the door. And whilst that's not what we expect of them, they, they don't have to do that. They're, you know, they're more than welcome to come and bring that and and love and support but I think sometimes when you look around a room of guests whether it's in the cafe mode the drop-in the evening the winter shelter and see what they are doing in the way that they interact with each other and and as you said in the way that they're offering peer support to other guests like they are such a blessing and I, I kind of you know I sincerely hope that they know that I'm sure and the mission's always been keen to show appreciation to our guests but I just hope that they they deeply know that because it's so totally so so true yeah no I think I think uh maybe going back to one of the previous questions as, as to how, do, how does our faith <laughs> <laughs> inform what we do I think that that generous welcome to mm-hmm. anyone regardless of mm-hmm. background mm-hmm. race um 
circumstance and mm-hmm. uh, life choices yeah. um, that I think that is one of the, the massive things that, that defines who we are and shapes the nature of the, uh, the service and, that we provide and the experience that people have mm-hmm. uh, in this place. And, and, you know, I think my stories would be similar to Helen's. You know, I, I know that the, the woman uh, well yeah. it's been speaking of and when I think of her mm. her face <laughs> the first time she met here she came here and mm. met us the the just the the pain and the despair mm-hmm. um and and her face uh, <laughs> around most interactions with mm. this woman now is just uh, incredible mm. um and a lot of that is testimony to Helen journeying amazingly with her um through the through the difficult periods mm. um uh, yeah uh, and I could I could tell you similar stories uh, of folks who have found a, a welcome here that they haven't found in any other place. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say that there aren't other places who provide amazing welcoming opportunities as well. But mm-hmm. it's it's a real privilege when that that place of welcome is is us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think of of one young man who. Um, had to flee his homeland at a very young age um, with with no connection to living family members um, mm. so maybe around the age of of 12 and and essentially having lived on the streets of foreign countries or uh, difficult situations in foreign countries ever since that age and not being accepted and not having mm. uh, basic human rights in, mm. in those places or and ultimately, at first in the UK um, and, and someone who is still on, on a journey and you know is is struggling with many of the effects of the the trauma um, that they've carried um, and, and the resultant comp- resultant is that a word uh, complication mm-hmm. resulting complications of um, uh, alcohol difficulties um, problems being in and out of prison problems with um, really uh, poor mental health that um, that um, has ultimately resulted in them attempting to to harm themselves mm-hmm. at times. Um, but and and I in no way when I speak of this person uh, speak of them as somebody that we have fixed or even oh, no. somebody that we desire to fix, mm-hmm. um, but rather somebody who we have the privilege of loving and knowing and walking with mm-hmm. um, and of hearing this young man um, testify to the fact that that he experiences something different here that he's never met and uh, mm-hmm. he's never experienced uh, elsewhere not because we have a monopoly on that but because that's his experience yeah. uh, here and that's um, and that's amazing and I I have I have hope uh, and really quite strongly believe that that this young man actually has despite appearances and despite what many medical experts and criminal justice experts um, might say actually there is real hope that that this man is going to have a really amazing future um, and yeah I'm excited about that and and I I, I anticipate that there will be significant bumps in the road, um, but um, but we are we are there with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's that story illustrates something absolutely key 
Um, and what you said before, the, the, the lack of judgment that has to be at the heart of all the work that's being done here. Because that's what I said, it's like when you, when you see situations across Glasgow and you see them in the streets, it's, it's, it's too easy, sadly, to pass those sort of condescensions or judgments or... It's that sort of way, isn't it, where some people look at people in situations like that and think that there must be some attribution of blame there. Yes. done something for your life to have resulted this way. But, you know, as many of us know, either through working or volunteering here, that, you know, in many cases, people who find themselves in that situation, it's been out, things that are out of their control that have, that have ended, um, ended up in situations like that. So, no, I, I appreciate that. Mm, I think, I think... I mean, for one, given given the, the sort of ongoing pandemic and things like that, you'd like to think now that of all the awful things that have come from, from the pandemic, I really hope there is an uptake in attitude, not of, oh, what did you do to deserve this, but to say, how can we help? Mm-hmm. We've seen so many like wonderful examples of people just getting stuck in and helping. And I think that's what I'd like to see is more of a sense of how can we help rather than I, I know I'm sometimes prone to the sort of clarification style of questions. It's just like, oh, well, you know, how did this happen? Or, you know, what what preceded the events that we're seeing now? And I think there's real power in, in kind of just dropping all of that and just saying, how can we help? Yeah, meeting people where they're at, because I think that's yeah. when Adam and I have always talked about is that, you know, your story is your story and you get to decide what you do with that and who you share that with. And I think that, you know, it's one thing that I think we've seen um, definitely some of our, our volunteers go on a journey with as well, is that like, you know, nobody owes you their story. You don't, no. you know, nobody needs to share what's happening. It's like you say, you meet people where they are um, and, you know, ascertain how, how it is that we can, we can make progress or move forward. Absolutely. Yeah, there's so much, so much goodness in remembering that for all the lives that people are leading. But you're right, no, no one owes you sharing that. I think it can be really easy to think, well, you know, the context is that you've you've come to this place, a charity or a mission or an organization or whatever. Mm. Surely, like sharing your story is in some ways part and parcel of what you've come here to do. And not that's not necessarily the case, even if the context may suggest that. As you right. said, it can happen over a period of time whenever you've yeah. built a relationship of trust. Uh, and that they can trust that if they do share your short, your their story with you, that it's not going to be judged, uh, yeah. or that assumptions aren't going to be made. And I think that can be quite a a scary thing for a lot of the people that we work with, especially within the asylum uh, seeker and refugee community, but also within some of our other vulnerable guests that use our services here. It's, I think it's really important not to try and rush that, um, mm. or that that people will immediately want to tell you, um, yeah, the circumstances that have led them. Um, yeah. Yeah. even really simple I say simple questions or simple if you're in a privileged place where there is a simple answer and that's it but even asking someone like where are you from mm-hmm. it's, it's like it feels like such a simple question and also a loaded question at the same time mm-hmm. depending on who you're talking to depending on the experience that they've had mm-hmm. depending on where they're at with that now yeah. you know cultural and national identity is something that I think when you've had quite a stable upbringing is, is almost just a factual response. Well, well, I am Scottish or I'm from England or I'm from Nigeria or whatever it may be. You, do, you just say it because to you it's like, well, that's the factual answer to the question. But to lots of people, to lots of the guests we work with, that may not necessarily be the case. Mm-hmm. And actually like, it, it can be quite, uh, 
a difficult, vulnerable place to be in for someone to ask you that and for them to treat it with maybe not intentionally, but with a, a, a flippant attitude towards that type of a question, not realizing that some of the experiences that some of our guests have gone through, that question is actually quite harming to go back to and think about, or it's even just a case of confusion. That question's not being fully answered in their mind. Yeah, to be put on the spot to answer it is quite a lot. Yeah, it's it's one that it's one that I think about a lot because um, it's an easy question to, to yeah. ask. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you want to go down this road, so don't let me take us down a road. <laughs> You don't want to go down, but you mentioned it being a loaded question. I, I think, I think it's it, it's a very natural question for us to ask, isn't it? Where are you from? Um, and, and it very often comes from from a really good place of you know just I, mm. I want to connect with you. I want to, to know mm. that you are here, a little bit of your story. Um, but I I, I often challenge people just to, to be careful with that question and mm. to find an alternative to that question, particularly when we're interacting with folks. From, from other nations and from like other, the one that I get where's that cultures? lovely accent from <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I know I know that people who are new to the UK can hear that question where are you from uh, and and they hear it as you don't belong here yes um, uh, and so I always uh, or often encourage people to you know sometimes it's fine sometimes in the context of relationship that is an absolutely mm -hmm. fine question to ask so I'm not going to make a big deal about this but I, I sometimes just encourage people and challenge people can you think of a, a different question you know tell me about yourself yeah. mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, a, it's a, a way of flipping on it on its head sometimes mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's very real though I mean even even as I say oh it sounds like a simple answer I, I go to a kind of place when people ask me that Scottish is mainly Scottish people that ask whether they can tell it in my accent or not. But even for me, so I'm born in Scotland. I, even, I go as far to say I'm born in Bells Hill. I just like, you know, I'm plant, planting you in that town. Yeah. Um, but my, my mother's from London and she's very much kept her London accent, her English accent. My older sister was born in London. My dad is from Lagos and moved to London. So if someone says, where are you from? I'm kind of like, where, I mean it's a quite a long lengthy answer and it's not that I, um, I don't want to share that but I think sometimes when the brain asks that they want just a sort of shortcut simple well there it is and you just you just kind of go well I'm from Scotland and people don't want to almost hear past that although for you to be the person you are all of those facets of your story are actually very important and all deserve to be respected and given that space yeah yeah um, and that's a really difficult thing to try and get across in sort of acquaintance level conversation of someone you've just met because you're drinking tea next to them or something mm -hmm. sitting at a table and someone's like oh so where are you from and it becomes this whole oh I've maybe not considered what it means to answer that question mm -hmm. I think to some people it's just as it's simply about geography to them you just tell them a place in that set to others depending on their background where they're from is actually a question of cultural identity mm -hmm. or of necessity or language even like it's not as it's not as simple as just naming a country and moving on with it so yeah no I can see why it's, it's actually quite a delicate question yeah mm -hmm. yeah ah well but I know we're, we're running kind of short on time but I wonder if I can come to you Helen mm -hmm. um because you've recently established another organization or you're a part or founder of another organization Rise Glasgow which I've been hearing lots of good things about. And I'd wonder if you'd want to just 
Oh, good to hear. <laughs> open, open it up and tell us about that a bit. Yeah, um, absolutely. So kind of on a similar similar vein to what we do here at Glasgow City Mission, it's it's needs led. Um, so responding to the the need that I've seen within the um, the female refugees that I work with um, here in the city, and and Rise Glasgow has basically been established to combat barriers to employment that are mm -hmm. faced by refugee women in the city. And uh, so that could be things such as a lack of confidence, a lack of self esteem or self worth. Uh, it can also be um, a lack of UK recognized qualifications or UK experience, um, or it can be actually barriers such as a lack of confidence in um, regional accents, because the number mm. of people that I hear say, I thought I could speak English until I came to Glasgow, um, and I can't even count how many people have said that to me. Yeah. Uh, so it's just really recognizing like that can be a barrier um, to, to women actually um, having the confidence to, to enter into employment. And then of course, there's other things as well, such as the nuances of um, UK employment, such as CVs and cover letters and yeah. bills and contracts and things like that too. Uh, so the way we are trying to, to combat that is through um, food and hospitality. Yep. Uh, so food, I really believe is, a, is an absolute evener. And actually it's a, a question I use a lot here with the guests that we work with at Glasgow City Mission is, uh, oh, tell me about your favorite food. And the, the way people's eyes light up whenever they talk about the food from their country of origin um, is something that really, um, it kind of sets me on fire because I love to eat and I love to cook. Um, but here in the way that they talk about it, the pride that they, they take in their food, um, and also for the women that we work with, they're the experts when it comes to the recipes and the cooking. Um, mm. And again, it's, it's kind of empowered the women, our, our three words that we use to, as our tagline are uh, equip, enable, empower. And so it's basically saying, okay, you you're the expert here. You can lead this cookery demonstration or this cookery class, or you know, this is your event to plan. And we want to see a little part of your cultural heritage come through uh, in the event that you're that you're going to run. And um, and also we we have a little food trailer which is um, really quite cute and petite. <laughs> uh, and we're we're hoping that we're going to be able to be trading from there and um, from the summer. Uh, just as soon as we we hear back from Glasgow City Council on things such as street traders licenses and things like that, there's always hoops to jump through. But we're yep. trusting God's timing in this, and um, we're trusting that um, He's in it. He's blessed us in in huge ways already in terms of um, support and team, um, uh, which has just been phenomenal. Uh, so I really, yeah, I really hope and pray that we're going to see um, groups of women. Uh, leave our training, our six-month training program, and um, yeah, with with raised confidence, raised feelings mm -hmm. of self-worth, um, and equipped to to enter into employment in Glasgow. That's amazing because like, so I I will link to the Instagram for the but your Instagram is just it's just going off. It's just brightly coloured. You've got the truck. It's it's bright yellow, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Said that our branding is quite assertive and I'm like yeah because yeah, we're unapologetic about what we're trying to do and we we work exclusively and unapologetically with the the refugee community within Glasgow because I think one of the things that really came through from um the women that we worked with uh back in 2019 is that you know they're not weak women and that's one thing that uh, Marzia had said is you know we're not weak women we're strong mm. we just need an opportunity to show that and, and that's really what we're what we're all about is providing opportunities to showcase the untapped potential of refugee women in our city, uh, and also to celebrate them and to provide opportunities for them to uh, to have an interface with with local Glaswegians uh, and to have them try their amazing food. 
it's such it's such a class vision honestly because the, the idea I think it's, it's like what I said before it's easy to to short circuit and look at people and make your assumptions and almost give this this, this condescension this pity um on what what you think has happened to them but I love it like I love that the women themselves say we, we are not weak women like they're honest they're honest just waiting for someone to say well go on show us what you can do and they're like well you know give, give me some room to move and let me show you and I think it's I'm really really excited to follow that and see how these women who are going to be empowered with training and with skills with with all the means and needs to really step out confidently and the gifts that God's given them and say look this is this is what we're about this is what we love this is what we're here to do I'm quite glad that, as you said, that people have called the the branding assertive. And I'm like, well, you know, what else do you want it to be? Like, <laughs> these women are assertive of what they know how to do and what they're good at. Why would you want to hate that? Why would you want to change that? It's really cool. So, is it? Have I got this right? There's barista training. Is there? Is there other sort of? Is it health and food safety standards? We go through um, UK industry recognised qualifications. So we've got level two food hygiene. We've got allergen awareness, we've got customer service training and barista training. And then Catherine, who's our operations manager, um, also runs our in-house training. So that's things like kitchen basics, uh, knife skills, cooking skills, baking skills, and then also looking into things such as um, the kind of, I guess, Scottish uh, culinary kind of history and the influences from different parts of the world, which again is so applicable to the women that we work with uh, mm. in many ways. And then obviously looking into employability skills as well, CV writing, cover letter writing, interview skills, and also um, successful job job searching. So amazing, amazing. If if any listeners hearing this and think that sounds cool, I want to get involved. Is there anything that they can do? Uh, you can have a look on our website. Um, we've got an event coming up for Refugee Week um, on the nineteenth of June. We're holding. Um, an outdoor supper club uh, at Woodlands Community Garden. Uh, so tables are being sold in groups of six, but tickets have sold out really quickly. So even oh, though I'm not sure if we've got any left, but um, that'll be a really great opportunity just to, to celebrate um, yeah, the refugee community um, within our city and to raise awareness of some of the issues that they face. Uh, and then just also keep, a, keep an eye on our social media um, for different, different announcements and things like that. Um, but yeah, we're always looking for people people with skills so yeah yes. I <laughs> so, so love to hear well that's great well I mean that goes there goes my my summer plans if that's sold out but I'll certainly be following for the next one and yeah, it's great it's great to to really thrust forward and champion initiatives like this like with with all charities and organizations because at the heart of them they want to see the people of this city helped and supported and loved and dignified and as, as I said at the start it's, it's, with your roles at City Mission it's about support mm -hmm. and you kind of maybe don't consider just how many ways you can do that until you start exploring even your own interests or the interests of those you work with and see how can we how can we bring this together so that we're supporting people mm -hmm. it's really really exciting I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this <laughs> this yellow van like just in different spots this city I'll be making sure to stop by absolutely and mm -hmm. um, if I can ask one little thing before we close, just if there's anyone listening who's maybe thought about volunteering or getting involved with work at charities, organisations and hasn't yet done so, what sort of parting message would you like to leave them with? What, what do you think will get them over the line and encourage them into it? 
well, I volunteered here before I was employed. Mm. And I think it was just that initial kind of like, it is that sacrifice of time. Initially, when you think, do I have the time to volunteer? Um, but actually, when you get here, it's it's just value added. It's um, it's a really good opportunity to to get to know people um, who might be outside your your social sphere. Um, but I think also as well, it's it's the opportunity to come and really join a team um, of really motivated people, uh, people who are really um, focused on going deeper in relationship um, with anybody and everybody who comes through these doors. Um, as I think as a charity in general, um, I think it's also thinking about what skills, what experience do I have and where could that best be used? Um, how, can I, how can I use the gifts that God's given me um, to further the work uh, that's happening in our city? Um, yeah, yeah. I, maybe it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway, but our, our volunteers are the, the engine room behind what we, no, we do. And, uh, we could not offer the the services that we offer without our amazing army of amazing volunteers um, who come from such different backgrounds such different uh, experiences and um, each contribute in in their own way so yeah it's again it's it's just another of the privileges of being involved here but um, yeah mm. that is brilliant well well thank you both for coming on all, all right so this has been Helen Russell and Adam Ireland in conversation with your host, Nathan Ephemolu, here on the Unearthed podcast. So I'm so glad that you've joined us today and I hope that you've unearthed a little bit more of life and the people within it today. Please feel free to reach out with your thoughts on our Facebook page at Unearthed Podcast and share your thoughts on Instagram at A God Made Man. And if you've got any stories or backgrounds that you'd like to share, feel free to drop us a message and remember we're all somebody's neighbour. Thank you. Love that. Thank you. We are all somebody's neighbour. I'm doing a fundraiser for Glasgow City Mission actually so I've decided off the back of my birthday to cycle 300 miles um, across Scotland doing various things to different places across eight weeks so we're well, we're into the last two and a half weeks or so of the challenge I'll be cycling to Edinburgh I think probably by the time that you hear this episode um, so I'll leave a link to that fundraiser and the description for this episode if you'd like to donate or if you'd just like to see what's going on with that then you're more than welcome and thank you in advance for that anyway have a lovely weekend everyone see you soon